I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 69 of the podcast. Happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and tickle that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the excitement that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. Okay, dads, I got an awesome guest lined up on the podcast today, host of the Man of War podcast and so much more than that. Rafa Conde will be joining me here in just a few minutes, and he has got some valuable advice for all fathers. So please stick around for that. I'd like to say thank you to my monthly supporters. You guys and girls are really helping to keep this podcast alive. Find out how you can become a monthly contributor of the show in just a second here. Thank you to all my listeners out there for all your support. It's been really overwhelming. And thank you very much for all your feedback, especially on social media. It all goes a long way. Fatherhood rocks and family values rule. I think they are subjects that need to be celebrated and appreciated a lot more. And that is what First Class Fatherhood is all about. So please pass this podcast along to any father in your circle. There's a little something in here for all fathers to enjoy. And with that being said, let me tell you about some of the guests I have coming up here on the show. I got some amazing men, awesome fathers. On September 5th, I will have former Navy SEAL and actor Remy Adeleke, who's coming out with a book of his own called Transformed in January, which I am very much looking forward to. On September 6th, which is opening day of the NFL, I will have Hall of Fame quarterback and Super Bowl MVP Kurt Warner will be joining me right here on the podcast. Also coming up in September will be Ed Milet, Pete Hegseth, Sean Parnell, Brad Meltzer, Sean Matson, and the list goes on and on. So please, lock it into First Class Fatherhood. We are continuing to smash the charts over on iTunes, and we are just getting underway here on the podcast where every day is Father's Day. So please subscribe and pass along. Sharing is caring. All right, enough of that. Let me smack you with a quick spot here about how you can get involved with the show if you're interested. And I'll be right back with police narcotics legend Rafa Conde. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now is a First Class Father, a former police narcotics officer, a close quarters combat instructor, and host of the Man of War podcast, it is my privilege to say, Rafa Conde, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, man, great to be here. Definitely an honor, man. This is a topic that uh, does not get talked about very often, but I'm excited. All right, let's get this started here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Well, I have uh, my oldest one is uh, 20. Then I have an uh, 18-year-old. Uh, I have a 12-year-old, and then I also have a oh, <laughs> a uh, 5-year-old uh, daughter. So I have three boys and uh, one daughter. Wow, okay, I'm right there with you. I had three boys, and then I got my little princess on the fourth try as well. Yeah, man, that's uh, you know definitely a blessing, no doubt. You're a bit ahead of me here, so I can definitely stand to learn something. Uh, what kind of sports or activities are the kids involved with? 
Uh, my kids, uh, let's see, uh, two of them played uh, football and some basketball, and uh, martial arts has always been big in our family. I run a martial arts school for many years and uh, been training there for 33 years, and i got to tell you that all my kids, with the exception of one, um, have started martial arts, and they've been training for a very long time. All right, please tell my listeners a little bit about your background here and walk me through how becoming a dad changed your performance on the job with all the dangers that you were involved with. Um, most of my career, I have been work, uh, worked uh, undercover narcotics, okay? So it was a pretty dangerous position to be in. Um, as a father, one of the most important aspects, especially when you're out there on the street doing these things, is, you know, stepping up to the plate and doing things the right way and keeping safety in mind because, you know, you have kids. You have people, you know, you have kids that rely on you. You have kids that, you know, look up to you. And for me as a parent, I mean, that was like so crucial, right? Because, you know, I'm going home to somebody. So my outlook in life had to be switching my hat when I'm out there on the street, right? I'm different than when I am with my kids. I got to be able to walk into that house, decompress, take my hat off, and really start being a parent. So that was one of the biggest, uh, to answer your question, that was a huge, uh, um, you know, kind of turn of events for me, learning how to, you know, take my hat off when I walked in through the door. Yes, that's definitely something I struggled with myself, as I think all new dads do, uh, switching from that workplace self to their family self. Obviously, a lot more difficult when your life is on the line every day. Uh, Okay, you've dealt with narcotics for such a long time, so I'd love to get your opinion on marijuana. Uh, There's a lot of places now where it's been legalized. Uh, How do you feel about weed and especially the effect or influence it's having on our kids? Well, as far as uh, marijuana goes, uh, I, I've always thought that it's a gateway drug. A lot of people don't believe that, uh, but I'll tell you that coming from my experience out there, marijuana is the starting point with, dr- uh, with escalation of drugs, especially in our society now. Um, as far as legalizing marijuana, I don't, I'm, I'm not agreeing with it. However, on the flip side to that, it's going to cut a lot of drug dealers out of the loop, which would be a positive thing. Um, I am a big believer still that in this country, as far as uh, children go, um, they should have absolutely, drug abuse has gotten to the point right now where you have kids starting at 9, 10, 11 years old abusing drugs. And for me, anything that has to do with drugs is a no-go. I mean, this is what I do. You know, I've been doing my career for, for many years um, prior to what I'm doing now. And truly, I feel that marijuana itself is a gateway drug, so I'm not a proponent of making it legal. Well said. All right. Take me to school here. What's the drug or drugs that are doing the most damage in our high schools right now from what you're seeing? There, there, there's so many different drugs out there, but I will tell you this, that pills are still one of the easiest drugs to get, um, you know, type of Xanax and oxycodone and things like that. Why? Because kids go out there and do these, you know, rainbow parties, you know, where they go out there. Um, uh, just to go back, I was on the task force for three years, which was a government, uh, the actual president actually initiated our task force when the oxycotton craze was happening down here in Florida. And we, you know, overdoses left and right, left and right. Predominantly now, uh, my position as a police officer, I am a field training officer, so I go out there and I train new recruits. We see what we're seeing on the street right now, number one and foremost, is heroin. Heroin is killing people across the board big time. Uh, 
Uh, that fentanyl that they're lacing the, the heroin with is killing people across the board. Fentanyl is for elephants, right? To, to, um, basically take away from the pain from this use for elephants and very severe cancer patients. And we're seeing, uh, the lacing of heroin with fentanyl. People are just dying, overdosing all day long. To answer your question here, oxycodone is still very prevalent with the younger, uh, generation because it can go in their parents' cabinet, get the pills, mix them, and do one of these rainbow parties where there's hundreds of different pills. Kids take them, pop them, get high, unfortunately overdose, and some die. All right, let's switch that over to another problem with the schools. Unfortunately, there's been a rise in school shootings, as we know. How do you feel about putting cops in the schools, or what's your take on the topic? All right, um, as far as active shooters and and security in schools, I mean, it's a must, okay? I mean, and this has been something that should have been – you know, 10 years ago, all right, this, the focus should have been, it didn't need to take so many shootings to take place. However, when we talk about security, we need to have security that is trained specifically for active shooter scenarios, okay? Security is not just good enough to say, hey, we're going to get an armed guard here and that's going to stop the violence because it's not. The reality is that if these people that are there securing these schools do not have the training in hand to stop or at the very least slow down an active shooter, okay, that's a, that's very problematic because in reality then you're not doing a damn thing, okay? So my, my very, very specific outlook on security in schools is putting someone or putting multiple officers on the school that are trained specifically for active shooters. All right, I'll kind of use that to segue here into gun safety with kids. You obviously own some weaponry yourself. How do you handle or recommend handling gun safety with children? Well, there's many programs out there. The NRA has a couple, okay, as far as introducing guns to children. I think there is an age where children can understand a little bit more. Um, I would say six years old is that age where a child can get introduced to a firearm, understanding and showing them the safety procedures on how to unload a firearm, how to hold a firearm properly, how to treat a firearm properly, understanding how all the mechanisms, believe it or not, on the firearm operate, okay? Uh, because the more children know and they understand at that, at that point, okay, like my children have all been trained in firearm safety, okay? The way you hold it, the way that it's, we always treat every gun, right, as if it's completely loaded, We treat it with respect, and we never point that gun at anyone. We never put our finger on that trigger for anything, okay, unless you are needing to really hurt someone or even kill someone, right? I mean, that is, you know, you implement that tactic and, you know, these procedures and and, and I guess for lack of a better word, policies into your family and introduce that to your kids, that's a starting point. If you're going to start introducing this to kids in general out there, my only take on that is that introducing firearms should be by someone that, A, knows about firearms, or more importantly, someone that might be close to the children, okay? I'm not a believer that you have children just go out into into the playground and then some guy comes in and starts teaching children about firearm safety. I'm not big into that. I believe that it should come from the family, somebody close to the family, and kind of guide the children in that direction. Great advice right there. 
All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. How about social media? You have a few kids that are right at the prime age for this. How do you monitor or kind of handle social media with the kids? Well, when it comes to social media, you know, my main objective is to make sure that their social media is, first of all, open. My 12-year-old is not even in social media. The only thing that he knows how to do is play Xbox, and he kind of does that. You know, he'll text his friends and things like that. But uh, at 12 years old, he's, he does not have any of the regular social media accounts um, at this point. Obviously, my older ones, okay, my 18-year-old, my 20-year-old, you know, they have their social media. And for me personally, you know, like I've always said to them, look, all right, you can be open in social media to a certain point, but, for example, even me, myself, and, and, and I use myself as an example, I don't ever put where I'm at on social media. I'll always post it later. Or even if I go on a live, for example, I'm not going to say, hey, I'm in this location. I've never done it. I've always, because so many cases that I've worked, unfortunately, of people trying to stalk and things like that, especially for them at a young age, I've always told them, listen, all right, in social media, be careful what you post, when you post it, because you're letting the entire world know where you're at and what you're doing. And a lot of times these kids post, you know, when they're maybe a little drunk or, you know, passing out or in a club, the next thing you know, you put yourself in a position where you've let the whole world know where you're at and put yourself in a very vulnerable position. So I let them do their social media, but I'm very specific on how they post, and I will go in there and I will check it from time to time, no doubt. Good stuff. All right. Now, you've done a lot of negotiating, hostage negotiating. I've had to do a little bit of negotiating of my own, especially with my four-year-old when it's dinner time. Are there any tactics that you've learned from negotiating uh, that you can apply with your six-year-old? <laughs> listen, one of the things that I always say is this, all right? You have to listen to what anyone, even a six-year-old, the same thing with my daughter, okay, you have to listen to what she's saying. If you can kind of go in the route where you're communicating with what they're saying and stay on that same wavelength, you'll actually start to have a little bit of dialogue. And once that dialogue goes from there, you as the adult should be able to lead it somewhere, right? Lead it somewhere and kind of come back around to what you need to get done. The last thing I do with my, especially my daughter, right, is is go head to head with her because in reality, a lot of times, and, and don't get me wrong, I am firm and I stand my point, but I do it in a way that it's much more conducive. A lot of people, you know, they they like to tell their kids, you know, A B C D, and then the child's not responding. But it's very, it's a little bit easier if you kind of guide the conversation and the dialogue to where they need it to go and then come right back around to where you need it to go. It might take 30 seconds of your time and it'll make a huge, huge difference. The same the way we negotiate with, with, you know, guys that want to jump off a bridge or have a hostage, right? You want to be able to hear what they're saying, listen to what they're saying and kind of redirect the conversation back to where you need it to go. All right, I have to ask you this, especially since you've had your children in the same sequence as I did, three boys and then a girl. What's the biggest difference for you as a father from having all boys and then bringing the girl into the picture? Oh, boy, that's a great question. Um, well, having, <laughs> no doubt, having a girl change the dynamics, my outlook. Uh, typically with boys, it's that tough love. 
I'm, I'm a big believer in tough love and being able to say, hey, listen, you know what? You got to earn things. You have to really type, you know, step up. You got to go out there. You got to help with, you know, with the yard. You got to move the garbage. It's, it's that type of resiliency. Not that I don't teach that to my daughter because I do, but in a different way. I think I have to be more tactical. My daughter has so much estrogen. Okay. <laughs> she is, you know, she is as, uh, as prissy of a girl as you're ever going to find. So, so I have to be very careful the way that I approach things. The, the beautiful part that I, that for me as a father, when I look down on my daughter that has changed me, the way that I, that I manage my boys versus I manage my girl is that I have to be much more, uh, I have to be a little bit kinder, a little bit softer. Uh, I got, even when I'm in heated situations at home with, with my boys, you know, discipline and then, and, and I have to just, when I talk to her, I have to calm down and be very, very calm about my demeanor. The second that I explode, all right, it, 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 I see a detachment. She's very close to me, so she gets nervous, you know, and she does, yeah, for me personally, has been the drastic difference in the way that I, A, discipline, and B, communicate, no doubt. Great points. Okay, I know you have a very huge event coming up, uh, the Conclave of Warriors. Please tell my listeners about it and where they can find out more information on it. Awesome, man. Well, Conclave of Warriors, this is going to be the most empowering event of the year, downtown Miami, December 1 and 2. All right, we're talking about something that has never been done today. Uh, I don't think ever having these guys together under one roof. Uh, it's all about understanding that you can strengthen your mindset, your self-confidence, your, your self-discipline, not only in becoming a better person, becoming a better parent, becoming someone truly that has, you know, that lives a life with a purpose. So important. Guys, go to conclaveofwarriors.com and uh, you can get more information there. All right, dads, definitely go check that out. That is an event you do not want to miss. Uh, do you have any other kind of projects coming up that we could be looking forward to? Anything else that you're working on? Yeah, we have uh, have a book on the pipeline. I don't really like to talk about it, but it should be, you know, hopefully out here over the next few months also. Uh, we have a uh, major event uh, happening after that conclave of wars that I will be announcing, and uh, I'll definitely give you, you know, a shout, letting you know what uh, what we're doing there. Uh, one last thing I'd like to get you on. I'd like to ask all the dads that I have on the podcast here. What kind of advice could you give the new father or the about-to-be father that's out there listening? Oh, that's great. Uh, what I like to say is this, all right? We, as new parents, okay, we're going to be rookies just like police officers, right? Just like the newbie white belt that gets on the mat. We're all going to be beginners, okay? So it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to be nervous from time to time. It's, you know, it's okay to, you know, if you're confused to go out there on the internet and if you got to research some stuff, all great and dandy. But more importantly, above all that, okay, understand that patience is supreme. Okay. Kids, babies are going to test the heck out of you, crying, waking up at night, doing things that you're not used to. The uncomfortable part of it is going to be there. Patience is the key being a parent, especially a new parent, being patient that will carry you so far throughout. Okay, that's going to wrap it up. First class father, Rafa Conde, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me on. It's been an honor, man.
All right, we'll be right back after a quick spot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. Got to give a special thank you once again to Rafa Conde for giving me a few minutes of his time. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in today. Please hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. My direct messaging lines are always open at Alec Lace. You can find me pretty easily. You can hit me on my website, www.firstclassfatherhood.com as well. And please get on over to iTunes, hit me with a subscribe, and leave me with a review, guys. It all goes a long way to help me in the rankings. I'm always bouncing back and forth inside the top 10 there for kids and family. Uh, So please, plus I'd love to hear your advice, and I'd love to hear what you want to see on First Class Fatherhood. I mentioned earlier we got some amazing guests, some awesome men coming on the podcast soon. I will be back here on September 5th with Episode 70 with former Navy SEAL Remy Adelake. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We're fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.